You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We back again on this December 24th, 2020. Another episode, guys. Josh Bell just traded to the Washington Nationals. We have instant reaction to that. Connor Jones hops back on Zoom with me. We react. Josh Bell, currently a Washington National. Hello, everybody. For the second time today on the 24th of December, 2020, this is a Locked On Nationals podcast today brought to you by betonline.ag. Check them out. Use the promo code Locked On for 50% off on a welcome bonus. Connor Jones joining me yet again because, Connor, you and I talked about what the Nats have to do at first base. Now that Howie Kendrick is gone, our answer has come. Christmas has come early. The Nationals have traded for Pittsburgh Pirates first baseman Josh Bell. The Nats will be sending Will Crow and Eddie Yeen two of their pitching prospects to him. Uh, according to Mike Rizzo, he said, quote, we are thrilled to be adding a player of Josh Bell's caliber to our team. He adds a switch hitting power bat to our lineup. And we know Josh will be an outstanding addition to our clubhouse and our community. End quote. Connor, your initial reactions to the Nats adding Josh Bell. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great move for a couple of reasons. First, Josh Bell had an outstanding 2019 season. And I think with 2020 and how short of a year it was and how weird of a year it was, I kind of throw it away for a lot of guys. I know Josh Bell didn't have a great 2020, but if they can get Josh Bell close back to the 2019 form, I mean, that's, that's going to be huge for their offense and providing some protection for Juan Soto, putting a a power hitter like Bell into the lineup. Um, The pitching prospects they gave up. I mean, it's, I don't have a problem giving up either of those guys. It's a classic Mike Rizzo move where he's giving up those, those second tier kind of prospects and managing to hold on to his top guys like Jackson Rutledge and Kate Cavalli. So, um, you know, I think it's, they got a a middle of the order hitter and they really didn't have to give up much to do it. Yeah. I mean, you think about what they gave up, you know, from the perspective of look, Will Crow, we had seen a little bit of last year and um, to be fair to him, right. It was not a, I mean, not a large sample size and give a whole lot of time to prepare for it and be ready for it, but it was not great. And then Eddie Yeen is a guy that, look, I think we know he can be pretty good. Uh, We, you know, we had Arm Layton on the show talking about Eddie Yeen. He said, yeah, this is a guy that from all indications had been pitching pretty well in some of the instructional league stuff. And, you know, but you know, it was still too young to know. Uh, I I think Eddie was in his either early twenties or he's still a late teenager. So, I mean, it's still a guy who's very, very young and look, Connor, you and I talked about it the pitching prospect list, when you take a look at all the guys the Nationals had, I mean, the first 10 guys that come up on their top 30 prospects are all pitchers, right? And, and Eddie Yeen uh, was one of those guys who was another young arm. And yeah, you know, sometimes it hurts, but look, you're going to up what it's actually a guy who is a 19-year-old um, and he could be great. But for the Nationals spot right now, they've got a lot of good young arms. So this move does make sense for DC in the spot they're in right now. Yeah, especially when you look at you know some of the some of the guys that are coming along like a Seth Romero or you know, Jackson Rutledge, they have more depth kind of pitching wise than I, mm-hmm. in the prospect ranks than I think they have maybe the last couple of years. So I think it makes those guys more expendable. Um, and c- quite honestly, with Pittsburgh, they're a team that's going to offload money 
even though Josh Bell's not making a ton, they kind of look to save a, a buck wherever they can. And I think when you, when you look at a lot of the trades that the Nats have made, it's been kind of with those franchises where they're willing to take on a little bit more money um, from teams that aren't necessarily willing to spend it or don't want to spend it because they don't think they're really in contention. And also, you know, when we transition to thinking about Josh now, I mean, you bring Josh Bell in, a guy who's only 28 years old, right? He's going to make around, uh, I think, $4.8 million was the figure to avoid arbitration. Uh, I believe two, your, two more years of team control is what you're going to get with him. So now you're in a spot with Josh Bell where you've got some time. And Connor, how often do we see it? Guys come over to D.C., in the mid, not not late part of their career, but, you know, middle part of their career, you know, looking for something to kind of boost themselves, right? Daniel Murphy comes to mind. Stalin Castro was a guy who came over and, and started to play well, obviously, when he did. This is a spot that makes a whole lot of sense for Josh Bell. And if they can get, um, get him back to a little bit of what he was in 2019, they'll be in a great spot. Yeah, sometimes I think with those guys that come over, they get rejuvenated a little bit when they're coming into a contender if they're on a team that's been pretty bad before. So that's another thing for Josh Bell. He finally gets to he gets to go somewhere and actually compete for a postseason spot, which I think you know helps guys stay focused throughout the year because they're playing on a team that's they're trying to win something. It's not a, a struggling Pittsburgh team. So hopefully that'll be helpful for Bell as well. I think we've seen that before with Israel Cabrera in 2019 coming from a bad Texas team to Washington competing for a playoff spot. So I think that's a, another good, a good thing with it. And bell, what he can do as a left-handed hitter still gives the Nats that opportunity to, to throw in a right-handed hitting first baseman as well, whether it be, um, you know, a Zimmerman coming back or somebody else, but I think it, it creates some flexibility and is a good move and a necessary move all the way around. What do you think when we, you know, when we come in here with Josh Bell, uh, what do you think the Nats um, are getting with this guy? I mean, obviously with the switch hitting, where do you see him fitting into the lineup, right, is really my question. Because that's kind of the, the, the idea is how do you structure that front part of the lineup to maximize what you're getting from the two stars, Trey Turner and Juan Soto? How do you factor in the Stalin Castro piece? How do you factor in now Josh Bell? You know, what do you think? Where do you believe that he fits in in terms of the front three and four? Yeah. So what Bell's Bell's going to be a guy that can can really thump it. Like if you remember from the home run derby, yes. it, wasn't a, it wasn't something that he won, but he was hitting low laser beams, like hits the ball really, really hard. He's going to strike out a lot and he's going to draw some some walks as well. I think he's a guy that in some cases, maybe they'd hit him behind directly behind Soto. I don't, I think with the new rule, as far as the three batter minimum, you don't, you're not as afraid to have to stack two lefties and Bell's obviously a switch hitter, but if the righties on the mound, you'd be stacking the two lefties with, uh, or Bell's better from the left side is right. what I'm, what I'm trying to say, even though that wasn't very clear. So no, you I understand what you mean. I, no, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, but so you could put him directly behind Soto or he's a guy that, that could, it could go Soto, Castro, Bell, or if you want to, you know, look maybe further down the line, if they go out and find another hitter, it could go Soto, the unknown, uh, Bell, Starlin. So you could kind of slide those guys in behind Trey to, to give your lineup some depth. Yeah, I like it, man. I mean, it gives them some flexibility. And, and to what you just said, like, I don't think they're done. I, I don't think they're done getting other guys. I mean, this, this move of bringing Josh Bell in, like, it's not expensive. 
they went out and they got a bat that, yeah, it could be feast or famine, but think about it from this perspective with the amount of, you know, with the amount of money teams are willing to spend guys who are, you know, top of the line hitters, the Nets don't necessarily need that. Like that's not what they needed to complete this lineup. Right. I think you and I were talking, it was around two bats towards the front is what they're going to need. They've already got one. And theoretically, I mean, they could head into the season with Josh Bell. And if he performs well, they still have a chance to do well. Well, I'm not, I don't think you and I are saying Josh Bell is going to put them over the top, over the top, but um, you know, he could, but I don't think that's the necessarily the thought process here, but this helps them build. And in a way where look, they just completed the trade and they still have chips to play with in terms of signing too. They're not, I, I, they're not being, they're not taking too much of a hit financially here for a guy who's making, let's be honest here, less than Jan Gomes is this coming season. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, big financial impact at all they still do have all that flexibility they still have their their top prospects around like a key boom or a to i don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to trade one of the other top pitchers but they do have key boom to still potentially use in a in a trade if they want to make another one or they have i would think the money to to go out and sign one of those big hitting free agents so i think if you look at what the way they're kind of trending and trying to set up this lineup for 2020 2021 they're going to be they're going to have more depth to it than they did in 2019 or in 2020, excuse me. And I think we're going to see, you know, hopefully the the offense get closer back to that, to the 2019 form. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about that 2019 form. That's exactly where they want to be. And this is a good, it's kind of a good step towards doing that. It's it's so weird too, that we've been waiting all off season for them to make a move and they finally do it. And out of all days, they do it on a, they do it on Christmas Eve. Something Connor, I also want to ask you about is the defense. We haven't really talked about this. The issue that Nats have, the one problem I have with this move, and it's not really an overarching problem, but they have to move towards, as a collective unit, being better on defense, right? Like, across the board, their defense was worse. I'm trying to think of anybody on the team whose defensive numbers got better last season. They want to kind of move towards being better defensively, this is not a move that's going to put them any closer to being a better defensive unit, is it? It's not, but at the same time, I don't want my first baseman to be a glove, <laughs> glove first guy. Like it's great yeah. if you, if you can find Freddie Freeman and right. who's going to be a complete player, a Joey Votto. There's just not that many of those guys, though. I think when we start to talk about the defense, the the first place that that needs to get better is in center field with Victor Robles. He needs to get back to the 2019 version of himself defensively, not the 2020 version that was just an absolute shell of himself um, in the field with Robles. You always felt like you could count on his speed and his defense, even when the bat's not there. So they need him to get back playing that the a premium position in center field. Trey Turner's going to need to do well, you know, play solid defense at shortstop, which I completely believe he's capable of doing and third base. Is, is still somewhat of a question. And second, too. I mean, they can't get Luis Garcia. Like, God bless him for stepping up. But Luis Garcia, if it is him, can't play defense the way he did this season. Yeah, it's – it's. I'm not convinced it's going to be Luis Garcia. I don't right. think it's going right. to be, um, barring injuries. So, it's tougher to judge that those spots. But it, it kind of – I don't, I don't have a problem with bringing in Josh Bell because of the defensive problem. It's more the other positions that need to improve. It's you got to be better at third base because, you know, you go from Anthony Rendon, a gold glove caliber defender, to the collection of guys they had over there last year. And it's just – it's a huge loss. And that, and that, single, that single loss in itself 
harms the defense of the entire team. Today's special edition of the Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into the bowl season, and there are still some big matchups remaining this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming more clear. There is only one place that has you covered and one place that we here at Locked On Trust. That's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, for your 50% welcome bonus. The NFL games of the week, college football, top games coming up. You can bet on some MLB futures as well. You can bet on uh, you know, which team a guy will sign with, who you think will win the National League next year, who think you will win the American League next year as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On and receive a 50% welcome bonus at your first deposit. Bet online, your sportsbook experts. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also built, brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best for you, best tasting protein bar out there right now. It's about 18 flavors, six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They've got those 12 original flavors, all of them with chocolate, six with nut, six without nut, coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, go to BillBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and get 20% off on your next order. You'll also have a chance to win a free cooler while supplies last. Once again, BillBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, for 20% off on your next order. All right, let's get back to Connor Jones and I conversation about the Nationals trade for Josh Bell. Yeah, so we'll see with Josh Bell, you know, with defensively what he can do and whether he can pick it up uh, or not. And just kind of to go back to, to what we're looking at here, Josh Bell's 2019 offensively, 277 average, 367 on base, 469 slugging percentage, and 936 OPS and Connor, you know, think about this. That was during a year where he was what 26, 27 years old, right? So you look at his career offensively and do you see an upward trend? Because I, I do. I kind of look at these numbers and it looked like it was heading the right way. And I'm I'm okay with writing off 2020 as kind of one of those off years. I feel like he was heading in the right way before that. Yeah, I I agree. I think that he's he's more than capable of going going back to the player that he was in 2019 i mean he was he was one of the best hitters in the league in in terms of extra base hits i mean it wasn't just the home runs it was the the doubles as well um, as i kind of said earlier he's a guy that will hit low line drives gap to gap for you so he can he's going to hopefully have a a large number of extra base hits first base with eric dames last year was a problem yeah. um you know i think that for the Nats, it's going to be whatever Bell does. It's going to be a big upgrade over that, um, and it's that's kind help. of the positive, right? I mean, it's the best way you can look at it. Is like, however, you know, he could be himself last year, honestly, or like what he was last year, and that's an upgrade over what Eric Thames was giving them. No, no, I mean, we obviously are not hoping for that, but if he w- if he's able to hit like you know anything uh, like he was, you know, in 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 twenty seventeen, even half of that, it'll be a gigantic upgrade, right? It will. The I think the the power is going to be there with Bell. The the slugging percentage. It's just going to be a matter of of kind of the average in some form. Is he going to be a a two 
35, 240 guy, or is he going to be up closer to a 265, 270 guy? So that's kind of, that's going to be where we see whether or not if how close Bell gets to the 2019 version of himself that was an all-star at first base. And also to on the side of what they gave up, uh, you know, just, just kind of revisit that really fast. And this is kind of buying low, right? You're buying, you know, he had a bad 2020. Um, think about it in terms of Chris Bryant, right? If you traded for Chris Bryant last year, the price obvious because years left, but I just mean from the, from the production standpoint, the cost you get to give up is, is a bit higher. Josh Bell has that down 2020 season. And also the team like the pirates, you're in a spot where you're, you know, you're not giving up as much, right? Yeah. I mean, Yeen and Yeen's a lot. Yeah. So Will Crow is one of the better pitching prospects, but this is preferable to what you would have had to give it, having to give it up in the, in the past. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I'd say that the Nats haven't really developed any pitching prospects in a really long time. So yeah, I would, like, I Will Crow is fine. They can take like, Will Crow. I don't no, mind, to be fair I don't to mind making that trade. They have like the, the pitching success they've had has come from guys outside of Steven Strasburg or people that are coming from outside of the organization really since, since Jordan Zimmerman essentially. So yeah. I'm fine with it. I, I don't, I don't view it as a huge cost. It's a classic, classic micro zone move. I was, yeah, I mean, I, look, God love Will Crow, and you, you and I were on the podcast in the middle of the season. I was trying to find ways to get him out there. I had floated that he took over this, he would take over the spot for, um, for uh, what's his face, Austin Voth, right? I'd say, hey, look, let, let him go out there instead of Voth and, and see what he's got. And we saw a couple of times it wasn't great. And look, I, I don't want to judge a guy just based off that, but from what he brought to the table and, and Yeen being way down the line from being able to get into the league and the Nats having a lot of guys available kind of in that position too. I mean, he's not the only guy, you know, who's a young pitcher the Nats have in their pipeline, right? I mean, Laura is another young guy. Uh, Cole Henry's, you know, another young guy. And think about, yeah, Cavalli and Rutledge, uh, you know, think about Denneberg and Kate and Romero and uh, Cron. I mean, they've got all these guys who are down the line who are pitchers and plenty of chances to still develop these guys. Like if they can't develop them, I mean, you know, there's other issues, right? I mean, they, 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 they've got a like, even with these two guys being gone, the number of good top prospects available or higher end prospects available for pitching is there. It's just on the Nats to develop them. Like that, losing these two guys is not going to make or break their farm system in terms of pitching. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, they, you would think with this, with the number of pitching prospects they have right now, that they'll be able to find enough guys to come through um, as, as starting pitchers there. The, they're they're fortunate enough to have the the financial ability to go out and and fill needs like this and even if even when they're they miss on certain guys or or their development doesn't go the way that they expect they can kind of go out and plug those holes i mean they've done it with they've done it with scherzer and with corbin and it's just it's something that franchises like the pirates don't have the ability to do they don't like they have to hit on those developments and you know so the nats are are put in a situation where they can, they can make moves like this for Josh Bell to, to get better presently without really mortgaging much of the future. Like I said, Connor, I mean, Christmas came early, right? I mean, you, you texted me, you were, you were pretty happy about, about this deal. I mean, Nats fans, you feel like Nats fans should be pretty, uh, pretty uh, pleased with what happened today. Yeah, I do. I think that the way that they're setting up this roster, I think, I, I think that 2020 is going to just be a little bit of a blip on the radar for this, for this franchise. I'm not saying they're going to win the NL East or anything like that in 2021, but I think they're going to get back to being competitive again. I agree. I agree. They, they got to take care of some more pitching stuff. They got to take care of obviously, you know, the outfield spot and the catcher spot. And you and I talked about that earlier, but 
look, man, this is a good deal. This is a really good move. This is one that you and I probably didn't see coming. And there weren't a bunch of first basemen available. So they got creative and they got a guy in there using the resources they had. I think we have to be pleased. Yeah. And they, they got younger too. And yeah. We've seen them look like last year they looked old. Yeah. They, they, they looked, they showed their age. And I think that this is another move that helps them get younger and, and closer to where they need to be. Yeah. All right, Connor. Thank you for joining us. Once again, guys, Josh Bell, now a national, the Nats trade, Will Crow and Eddie Yeen for the former Pirates first baseman, Josh Bell, 28 years old, becoming a Washington national. All right, everybody. Uh, that'll do it for the show today. That'll do it for Connor. Do it for myself. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Follow the show at LO underscore nationals. And until tomorrow, Christmas, stay safe. We still have our Christmas episode coming out tomorrow, Connor. I actually split up our, our recorded show from earlier, so the fans will still get some Wizards and some uh, some WFT talk coming yeah, up. They, they better be looking forward to that. They are. They are. All right, everybody. Until tomorrow, stay safe.